Our Sacramento visitor is there twice on the screen. Welcome, Reverend. The rest of us are here once, I presume. I don't recall at this point whether I was going somewhere on a significant trip of some kind, or my teacher was. One of us was going away somewhere. And so I asked my teacher if, if uh, he and I should not meet again. Uh, did he have some parting instructions? Went and then he said, please continue to clarify birth and death. I thought, okay. That was many years ago. Uh, and I'm still at it. And, uh, You could say that uh, clarifying birth and death is the same as uh, sitting in Zazen. But actually, I think that's not completely right. It's close. It's. Um, Perhaps not completely right because it sounds like it adds something to our sitting practice. As though there were sitting and then there were this other thing, clarifying birth and death. And that's actually not quite right. Sitting is birth and death clarified. But it tends to take a long time for us to appreciate that. Even though we may hear that at the outset. The very uh, first time we enter a Zendo or a Zen temple, we may hear that teaching and with a little good karma. That teaching is a seed that will sprout, or no, maybe maybe it sprouted long ago, but it will continue to flourish.
the the uh, oh, the weight the weight of uh, eons of habits of this body mind that do not really reflect the clarification of birth and death it's you know it's pretty heavy I still notice most of the moments of my life uh, it's not that I am you know is birth and death completely clear in this moment I can't always say yes. So I set myself anew to, all right, let us clarify. Walking down the street, let us clarify. Eating a meal, let us clarify. On the toilet, let us clarify. <laughs> Lying in bed, let us clarify. What is birth and death? And let the whole body answer. To the degree that we can answer without attachment, the clarification will be complete, at least in that moment. And then perhaps we can um, Be inspired by the, um, I think, uh, unjustly infamous Alistair Crowley, who was, whatever the nonsense attached to his reputation, was pretty brilliant, I think, if you actually read what he wrote. And, uh, you know, he started his own it's right to call it a lineage, but uh, kind of a uh, tradition of uh, Western esoteric practice known as Thelema, which is apparently still going on to this day. Anyway, he said, uh, each of us must be ready with their own force and fire to usher in the new eon. The eon of justice. I thought that, yeah, that's pretty good, actually. Obviously, 
That work is not finished. The uh, eon of justice is a long way from being complete. The whole notion of an eon is um, kind of complicated in Western esoteric tradition, so I won't attempt to explain it, but it does mean a new era. When I was uh, still a kid, we used to talk about that. Some of you are old enough to remember the age of Aquarius. It's much the same thing. And uh, that work, too, advances by fits and starts. Two steps forward and at least one step back. My uh, Japanese colleagues would they would not uh, be enthusiastic about the uh, lack of frequency with which we um, do a more full-bodied formal zendo thing. I think I mentioned when the late Karagiri Dainian Roshi accepted the invitation from the Minnesota Zen Meditation Society to come and be their guiding light. And he mistakenly accepted the invitation. As he later said, to the late Lou Hartman. At my age, I'm starting to notice how many people are late. Anyway, he said to the late Lou Hartman, Lou, if someone says, come join our Zen group and leave us, you say no, thank you. And you go, and you sit zazen. And if people come, good. If no people come, also good. So, I heard, heard that little story from the late Lou Hartman many years ago. And, uh, When I received the invitation to come to Isanji, somehow that story skittered under the couch and I did not review it to myself. Instead, I thought, cool, my own temple, man, bitchin'. 
well. I lived for a little while in the Far East Bay, actually not that far, in uh, Union City, which is kind of a dreadful place, pardon me, I don't mean to offend anyone, but it kind of is. And uh, my teacher uh, said, well, you should raise the Dharma flag there. And I tried and failed. First, I went to the Jodo Shinshu, the Pure Land Buddhist Church, which is down there, and been there quite a while. And the congregation is mostly Japanese American. And I met with, I thought I was just going to meet with the, I don't know, the reverend, and I wound up meeting with the whole board. And talking to them about, oh, well, I just thought I'd come in, you know, have a little South group here you know once a week and they were very polite and said oh well thank you very much and coming to see us and we will be in touch they were not in touch this is a an age-old japanese way of saying no so that didn't work then my uh, my then partner had a uh office for psychotherapy which he was sharing and it was vacant like two or three nights a week so i put an ad in the paper come do sausage three or four people showed up and we sat and that was kind of fun and then there was like two people i had and one of them said Oh, by the way, the ad I put in the in the LGBT paper. So that was that was one way to start. And of the two remaining folks, one said, "Even if no one comes back, don't give up on us." So I thought, "Okay, I won't." And they didn't come back, and I gave up. So I I'm embarrassed to confess these failings, but. Anyway, this was preparatory to saying we don't usually have a doshi, the uh, officiant, and a jiko who carries the incense, and a doan who rings the bells, uh, and any of the other possible jobs that you can have in Zendo. We don't usually do that. Usually I sit over here, and uh, David, when he's not out of town, sits here. And we ring a bell, have Zazen, ring another bell, stop Zazen, and then we chant a sutra, and then that's it. So, so today I, I thought when I had a Jiko, which was a very nice feeling, and the Jiko handed me the incense, and I thought, <clears throat> we, all of us, actually, are the hand that holds the incense. Not, oh, 
we are all the doshi. It's like, in a way, that's true. But what's important is that we are all the hand holding the incense. And it's important to um, let that hand become accustomed to moving that way in this space, in this world of birth and death. So as you continue to clarify birth and death, please appreciate being the hand that holds the incense. There is no one else. And maybe this is one way to uh, manifest your own force and fire as you usher in the uh, era of justice. And maybe at the same time, that, that would be a good occasion to appreciate what William Blake called the, what do you call it? The pinpricks of eternity. He was obviously pretty good at that. In fact, kind of seems like most of his life was pinpricks of eternity. And although it's not easy always to get people to what, uh, tune into that with you, Sometimes you can successfully say to somebody, hey, did you notice? Did you notice that there was a little hole and eternity was looking through? The light of the new eon was peeking through. They'll go, yeah, they did. And then they'll go on and do something else, and that's okay. Because <clears throat> having borne witness to one pinprick, you can't undo it. There will only be more. No going backwards there. And I won't attempt to tell you. Maybe somebody's thinking, well, what is a pinprick of eternity? What is that? I will not attempt to say because you know already. Pinprick of reality 
verges quite effortly with your own force and fire. I will encourage you to continue to usher in this new era or eon. For that reminder, we can say, thank you, Magister Therion, as, as uh, Mr. Crowley called himself. Magister, of course, is master, and Therion is a wild beast. He loved to freak people out by doing stuff like that, but That was just for fun. find that I am most at rest when I am talking to you all like this. So I thank you for the opportunity. Also, a long time ago, someone once said to me, I uh, was in kind of a formal Duxan situation. This person said to me, I, uh, I, I enjoy coming to talk to you because often when I talk to people, I I feel like there's all this stuff going on. But when I talk to you, I feel like there's nothing going on. And I love that. At the time, I was a little puzzled. What do you mean? Now I think I know. Thank you very much. This podcast was recorded at Hartford Street Zen Center, Isanji, in San Francisco. Please help support our temple by making a donation at hscc.org.